It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? MFFSOSS.com. At FFFSOSS. Twitter.tv slash AJ3. Hopefully everybody had a nice Mother's Day weekend. All the mothers listening out there. Hope you had a nice, happy Mother's Day. So we got MDW coming up next in two weeks. And then we are in the summer, folks. That's what they say. So big show. We're going to preview Champions League semifinals, second legs, in-depth preview, AC Milan, Inter Milan up first on Tuesday, then the Man City-Real Madrid game at the Etihad on Wednesday. So we'll do that and kick off, and we'll do a full weekend soccer recap, some NFL headlines to talk about, an update on the Seneca playoffs and NBA playoffs, and then a little golf at the end of the pod. Not uh, once a week yet, but soon. Probably... I would say after Champions League final, definitely to one. But before then, maybe. Not sure yet. So we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But right now, still two shows a week. So a Champions League semifinal, second leg preview in the kickoff. Then we'll do weekend soccer recap, NFL headlines, Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA playoffs, and some golf at the end of the program. Kickoff. Champions League semifinal, second leg previews. The Milan clash at the San Siro. Now it is Inter, who will be the hosts. And you see Milan that will be the visitors. And at the Etihad, Man City welcome Real Madrid with it at a 1-1 deadlock. So it's all to play for at the Etihad. And though AC Milan is down two goals, if they score first, I mean, it's game on, right? So uh, though the deficit... There is one at the San Siro, and there isn't one at the Etihad. With those two teams being knotted up, these still will be certainly exciting second legs on Tuesday and Wednesday. So we start at the San Siro, and we look back at last week at the San Siro. AC Milan, the host, Inter, the visitors, Inter went at 2-0. Inter came out firing two goals in the first 11 minutes. Zeko wrapped his foot around a set piece. And then a ball laid off for Mkhitaryan. He bulleted it past Mannion. Um, three second-half AC Milan chances. Diaz had one. Macias had one. And Tenali had one. And those, if any of those go in, we're talking about a different second leg and what we're setting up for in this second leg. Now, on Saturday at the weekend, both sides played rotational 11s. The team news for Inter Milan, Correa is doubtful, but he's kind of an uh, extra striker, so he's not one of the core, core starters. And Skinner, as we know, is out with the back. So it seems like it will be the same setup for Ngazi, Onana, the keeper, Darmian, Aserbi, Bastoni, the center backs, Dumfries, and DeMarco, the right wing back, left wing back, respectively, a three-man midfield of Varela, Kalangalu, and Mkhitaryan with Brozovic coming in off the bench. And up top, the big calls will be Martinez and Zeko and not Lukaku and Martinez. Zeko coming off that big goal in the first leg. So I don't know where he would chop and change unless it was Brozovic or Lukaku, but I really expect Inter, who played a really strong 90 minutes. I mean, not a full 90 because AC Milan did have those chances that could have got them certainly more back into the tie if they're not in the tie already, only down two goals, right? 
But point being, I don't think Igazi will change his side from that first leg. AC Milan team news. Masai is doubtful with a thigh injury and Krunic is doubtful with a knee, but it seems like Krunic will be able to go in the 11. Benesser is out. That's a big injury, but who they get back is Rafael Leao in their 11. So Manu will be the keeper. Back four of Calabria, Tomari, Kayer, and Teo Hernandez. Sonali and Krunic should be the two-man pivot. And then Leao goes out wide. Sailmaker goes out wide the other way. And Diaz returns to his little number 10 position. Giroud will be the front man. Now, normally if they have Benesser, Benesser could be in the 10. Um, and Diaz would be shifted out wide and Salamakers would be out of the 11. But Benesser is going to be out. He picked up the knock in the first leg. That's a big injury for them. And one guy goes out. And they can't be a full strength because Layout will be back in this. He was not risked at the weekend. Um, he obviously he didn't go last week, but possibly could have went. A lot of people saying that um, if it was the second leg last week, which it obviously wasn't. It was the first leg, as we know. So the tactics in this one for AC Milan, the man we were just talking about, Rafael Layout. He changes Milan. You heard during the broadcast. Um, if you're watching in the, in the U.S. with CBS Sports, the guys who do the Serie A games, basically lamenting how horrific it was that Leao wasn't able to be in this game because of how brilliant a talent he is. And he is one. He can carry the ball, uh, dribbling it through defenders. He can finish. He can make the big pass at the end to set up the easy goal for the tap-in. Like, he is a, an absolutely game-changing match shifting type of player so him being back I think really helps AC Milan because yes they have a Giroud and Ibrahimi Diaz is a nice player and Salamakers and Messias are not not terrible they're they're good players but Leao is world-class and when you have a world-class player and you're missing him and you don't have any sort of depth that can recreate what you're missing in him when he returns to your to your eleven, it just shows how big he was, how how much he was missed. So, I think Leao changes this match. I wish AC Milan were at a hundred percent fitness and Benesser could be in this side, and Kruish wasn't banged up because I would really be interested to see Inter's best eleven, AC Milan's best eleven in this matchup. But unfortunately, we won't get that. But Leao being back could change this. If AC Milan score first, score early, which they need to score, which is kind of my next point, AC Milan need to score. They have to take the game to Inter Milan. As the game goes on, their lifelines get shorter. They're running out of time as soon as the ball is kicked off. We've seen matches in Italy with some of these big clubs and even in Champions League football when the Italian teams were making runs to finals. They can just sit on the ball. And you'll think you're attacking and you think you're having half chances or whatever, but those are the half chances that the Italian teams or the Italians in in um, national football, like your international football, these, those are the moments where you think you have chances, but those are the chances the Italians are letting you get, right? So you're not dictating. And... 
in this league, we've seen it. In Syria, we've seen it, and we've seen it when Italian teams have played other teams from other nations. Okay? So, AC Milan needs to score. They need to chase the game from when the kick when, when kickoff starts because if they were down a goal, then they can buy their time and make sure they don't concede. But if they don't score, it doesn't matter how much they concede, right? Because you didn't score. I think they have to come out and try to get this within a goal as soon as possible. If they score in the first 15 minutes, I really think they have a chance at overturning this thing. But as the game goes on and they haven't scored, the belief will be sucked out because it's going to be a majority inter-crowd. As we know, it's their game. So they're going to be believing in their club. They have the lead. They're in the better position. And for Inter, their tactics are really interesting because I just went over that they'll probably come out in the same 11. Now, does that mean they'll play the same way with the style that they played? Or will it be a kind of pack it in and Dumfries and DeMarco aren't really going forward? And... It's a Brozovic instead of a Kalangaloo. And it's more defensive to start than it is attacking or trying to have that battle in the middle of the park. They're inviting the pressure because they know they're going to have the pressure regardless, so they might as well have it on their terms. Possibly that. But I don't think we will see that from Ngazi. For Pioli and AC Milan, they're going to have to chase the game. And I understand it's not 3-0 or 4-0, so they don't have a prayer. It's 2. 2, you have a chance. If you get a goal early, you have the chance that that next goal, as long as you don't concede, you're going to play more minutes. And you're going to get a chance to win the game. So, I think AC Milan can do it. They have... A game-changing player in Leao. Giroud on set pieces is a weapon, as we know. But, you know, we saw in the last leg, Inter Milan set pieces were great. So, Racing Milan, Leao being back is gigantic for them. Can they score early and not concede? Because, yes, obviously, they can't concede because they have to score more goals. No doubt, right? But if they get an early one, and it's AC Milan 1, enter nil on the night. Yes, 2-1 down on aggregate, but 1-0 on the night. And you just need one more to force that extra time. I really think AC Milan can turn this around. Now, if Inter come out, play the same way they did, get an early goal. It's 3-0 on aggregate. It's over, obviously. No doubt. Of course, right? But if they stay in the tie, if, if AC Milan get the first goal... Game on. Game on, tie on if AC Milan get the first goal. It'll be very, very exciting. I think it'll be uh, cagey because Inter is playing with the lead that they got. I'm not sure Inter is going to play as open because we did see in the second half, AC Milan had those three big chances that they did not capitalize on. And now, with a game-breaking player in Leao, Inter will have to dictate and um, send more support to that side of the pitch, which it could make it interesting for Brahimi Diaz on the other side of the pitch. So, um, 
Going to be very interesting. AC Milan can turn it around. I know they can turn it around. They have to score first. They have to keep a clean sheet. And Leao has to be the game changer. For Inter, certainly can go through. Certainly in the better position after uh, the first leg with the 2-0 lead. Absolutely no question about it. Coming technically home, but it's the same building because of the unique circumstances of the team they're playing. Um, that is their neighbor. That being said, do they play the same style? Do they sit back and invite the pressure? It's an it's a interesting question for Inzaghi, for Pioli, and AC Milan. They have to go for it. They have to have to go for it. So uh, it's going to be a very, very interesting tie. And I think it dictates on how Inter are playing in the first 15, 20 minutes. If they're up for it in the sense of coming out and attacking and trying to get a third and kill it off rather than sit in and keep it nil-nil for the longest time because nil-nil is two-nil, right? How Inter play the first 15, 20 minutes going to be very, very interesting to see how this game plays out and who will go to the Champions League final. Which city, uh, which team will represent this city and their country and their league in the Champions League final in Istanbul? Inter Milan up two goals. AC Milan down two goals. Can AC Milan turn it around? Can Inter kill the game off early? We will find out on Tuesday. Next up, Man City around Madrid. The previous match at the Bernabeu finished 1-1. Man City were dominating possession, but the Vinicius goal the other way, a brilliant 1-2 from Camavinga and Modric on the far touchline, and Camavinga was off to the races. And... Just drifting inside, playing Vinicius, who the coverage drops off, and he buries it. And it's a great goal from the Brazilian to beat Ederson. And Real Madrid had a goal against the run of play. They had a lead against the run of play, but Man City didn't quit. Kevin De Bruyne set up brilliantly by Gunawan, and he absolutely drills it past Cachois, so we were level. Madrid had the better chances after the game was tied, but no chance went in to the net. So we were 1-1 after the opening 90-plus minutes there. Both sides played rotational 11s at the weekend. City played Sunday. Madrid played Saturday. Team news for City. The only real concern is Nathan Ake, who is doubtful with that hamstring injury. So it seems like it will be Kyle Walker again in that role for uh, Pep Guardiola, so Ederson will be the keeper. Kyle Walker, Diaz, and Akanji, the back three. Stones and Rodri in that pivot two. And then the wall of the midfield. Silva on one side of it, Grealish on the other, De Bruyne and Gundogan in between, and Erling Holland up top for Man City. Could uh, Riyad Mahrez get a start? Probably not. Could Phil Foden get a start? Probably not. Um, and you want to see Alvarez in this one. This will be... The big team for Pep Guardiola. And even if Ake is fit, I don't think he's fit enough for 90. And I don't think you just throw him in in a Champions League semifinal second leg like that uh, coming off the mend. I don't think that would be necessarily fair to him. So Kyle Walker will probably be in this um, 11 again for Pep Guardiola. Now for Real Madrid. Camavinga is doubtful after he picked up a knock on his ankle ankle at the weekend. One of the really only players from the 11 against Man City, Carlo Ancelotti, quote-unquote, wrist was Camavinga, and he picks up a knock. So 
He was a pseudo left back. Uh, Mendy played on the weekend, but I don't know if he's necessarily ready to just jump into the Champions League tie. So could be David Alba at left back. And they do get Militao back from suspension. So the 11 most likely for Madrid, in my opinion. Couture, of course, between the posts. Carvajal right back. Militao back from suspension into center back. Rudiger probably gets another start here. He did a solid enough job against Holland, in my opinion. Was a nuisance. Yes, Holland had some half chances and had um, really was the concern of Real Madrid's defense for a long time of the 90 minutes. Of course, we know that, and as he should be. But Rudiger did a good job, and I've been banging the Rudiger drum for a long time. Yeah, is he a little annoying? Yeah, does he get a little uh, clever um, and cheeky with some of the things he does? Sure, but at the end of the day, I think he does a really good job of just defending. And that's, uh, that's the job sometimes, defend. It doesn't matter if it's pretty. It doesn't matter if it's the best clearance you've ever seen. It doesn't matter if you get a card once in a while. It doesn't matter if you foul once in a while. If you keep the ball out of your net, you're doing a good job defending. So I think Rudiger is a really good example of that. So Rudiger and Alba will be in the team. Alba will probably go out to left back. Militao comes back into the center back, and Rudiger retains his place because they are missing uh, some depth at left back there. Kamavinga probably can't go the 90, and I probably wouldn't risk him if he can't go the 90, uh, to be honest, if I was Ancelotti. So that means Modric, Cruz, Valverde, midfield, maybe a show of many here, but I doubt it. I wouldn't I wouldn't, I wouldn't. wouldn't put show many in this spot. Uh, it's not really fair to him. He can come in as a sub, but I don't think he can start the game. I don't think that's really fair necessarily. And again, Valverde should be in the midfield because Rodrigo's been really good and he deserves another start. And obviously Benzema and Vinicius Jr. are your other forwards. So I think Rodrigo will be up front again. Valverde will be in the midfield again. That gives Cruz and Modric a runner in the midfield. Um, and for me, it's a pretty great Real team that's won it all. Yes, Rudiger is new to this, but he is a European champion, remember, with Chelsea. So a lot of these guys have just won and won and won. That's all they've done. So, And especially in this competition, as we know, uh, the run they made last year all the way to the title was some outstanding, outstanding stuff and stuff of legends and some of the comebacks, especially the one against City and, of course, against Chelsea. Um, so the tactics in this one, reminiscent of the first leg the Man City press versus the Real Madrid build up and through that build up do Madrid get counters like they scored on in the first leg the Vinicius goal was basically a counter they were hummed in their own end City were on the press and Modric comes to the aid of Camavinga who just plays Modric Modric knows the he's gonna make the run Camavinga and just play him back and let Camavinga glide there was so much room once you break the press, once you break that initial kind of, yes, the one man of Holland, but that kind of four to five man wall it could be, depending on if Stones or Rodri step up into that um, really first wave of defense. I understand Holland is one, but he kind of has a free role in the press. He can become one of the line or really maybe decide to take out one center back and just say you can't pass it to this guy. You'll have to build it up through other people. Um, so the Holland thing is interesting, his role in the press, as is De Bruyne's, but 
You know where Grealish is going to be. You know where Silva's going to be. They're going to be annoying on those sidelines against uh, Carvajal, against the uh, possible David Alba. So you know that the Real buildup has to be precise. Do they just huff it long to Benzema and hope he brings one down? It doesn't seem like they kind of have that necessarily in their program. They want to build out. They want to relieve the pressure naturally and not just huff it up the field to Benzema and have him hold it up. They don't really do that. So the city press, how often do they go with everybody? Because the goal that they conceded, Real broke it and build and built up from the back there and they built up a counterattack. So Real on the counter and as a result of their build-up play versus Man City's press, what's the relationship there? Because Real Madrid's goal came from it in um, the first leg. Carvajal versus Grealish round two. Walker versus Vinicius round two. Real going forward have a lot to offer in Vinicius, Benzema, and Rodrigo. But the other way around, Carvajal and Grealish, you know, and these are winger versus defender from both sides now. We're talking about Grealish versus Carvajal, and on the other side, Vinicius, Kyle Walker. Vinicius has kind of already shown his scoring capabilities, not only in this version of the Champions League, but he has the goal in the final last year that was 1-0 to beat Liverpool. So he is a Champions League winner through and through, as we know. Walker did a nice job on him, even though Vinicius got his goal. There were moments where Kyle Walker had stopped Vinicius in his tracks. There were moments where Vinicius beat him, but it kind of seemed like it was well played and well respected and both guys were making each other better both guys were throwing the best they had at each other and it was a really great matchup on that side of the pitch and you can tell because um then he said something to Ederson about Kyle Walker like this guy is unbelievable this guy's a machine and um also after the match they had very great respect for each other so that was Walker Vinicius now flip it over to the city winger and the Real Madrid defender Grealish versus Calvajal Everything that Vinicius Kyle Walker is in friendly and respected, and well, that is the antithesis. Grealish versus Carvajal. Those are two wind-up merchants. Those are two divers. Those are two guys looking to get other people sent off. Those are two guys that are, you know, the fake tough guy, and they'll they'll get in there and run their mouth, but if they get slapped, they're going down, or if they get touched near their face, they're going down and acting like they got poked in the eye and their eyeball is on the floor, right? So... All the respect from Vinicius versus Kyle Walker on one side is absent in the Carvajal-Grealish conflict on the other side because the personalities clash, the sides clash, the style of play clash. Carvajal is physical, um, and he's not that big, so you think you're going to get in a match with him and throw him around, but he throws you around, and you're like, what the hell? Grealish, we know, is physical as well, and Grealish is one of the guys that draws the most fouls in world football so that matchup what's going to come from that will there be a red card is there going to be a sending off in that matchup who gets the better of who does Grealish get a couple corners and get everybody riled up at the Etihad? he had does Carvajal take a big challenge in and try to 
um, not eliminate, but make sure his opponent thinks about coming down the wing like that. Carvajal Grealish is worth the price of admission. Um, and there should be a match of camera on them because that first leg was entertaining. I mean, there was like a five-minute stretch there where they just went at each other and fouled each other, and it was crazy. So we might see – I think we see round two here for sure, for sure. And the De Bruyne-Holland impact because though Holland didn't score, he was around the ball. Uh, I thought Rudiger did a really nice job on him in a lot of situations where he was like just man marking the Norwegian straight up man for man kind of a thing. You don't see that necessarily the man marking um, like that because you do have so much ground to cover. You might see it as like a striker man marking a deep center midfielder on a press or something like that, but you don't necessarily see center back to striker across the pitch like that. You don't really see it. Um, but Rudiger did a nice job on Holland. So what's his impact in the second leg? Will there be some more crosses in? Will they try to beat uh, Real Madrid in the air with his ability, with the headers and jumping and his uh, dexterity and the finishes he can do as well with his feet on those uh, balls in the air off the set pieces? Holland's impact, along with De Bruyne's impact, that is a big, a big key for Man City. If De Bruyne and Holland are the best players on the pitch, they're going to the final. And if they're not, they might be, you know, weeping at another chance, at another opportunity in this competition that they so desperately want to win, right? Real goes through. If they do another good job on Holland, if they score with Benzema and Vinicius in big moments, or they get to the end of the match and City feel the immense pressure in this competition and Real don't. You know, you get to an extra time, you get to a penalties, and yes, we understand that uh, a Ruben Diaz has played in big games. A, a, you know, Kyle Walker has played in big games. Akanji's played in big games. And, you know, Stones and Gunawan and... Yes, they've all played in great games, and they played in finals and their whole lives, right? But when you're playing against Real Madrid, take it from someone whose team seems to always lose against them. It's a different animal. This is their competition. There's something about that white kit where they deserve. They think they deserve to be in the final. They think they deserve by just being a Madrista, that they belong in the final. And that everything in the ball's power will bounce their way to get to the final. And once they're there, they'll win it, because that's just what they do. So I think that Madrid will find a way. I think City... I don't want to say they're doomed to never win this competition because that's ridiculous to say. But they're going up against the royalty in this competition. And until they do it, I just I don't think I'm going to pick them to do it until they do it. And then I'll say, okay, they can get a second one. Because getting the first one, I really think, is the hardest thing to do. Yeah, obviously winning two is tremendously difficult, and it's it's as hard 
twice, right? But to get, like, PSG's been in the hunt longer almost than Man City. And they don't have one either, right? So it's tremendously difficult to win in Champions League. Real Madrid have done it so many times. City are up against that. Can they overcome it? And they got to believe in themselves. Because if Real Madrid score, I don't know if City necessarily have the resolve to come back. Especially after what happened last year against Real Madrid. So, I think Real goes through. I do. I think Real goes through. All right, weekend soccer recap. EPL leads Newcastle. 2-2, it finishes up. Ailing got leads on a score sheet early, and it looked like Bamford were, was ready to give them a 2-0 lead, but his penalty gets saved. Other end, Newcastle draw a penalty. Wilson converts it. Then Wilson's second penalty gives Newcastle a 2-1 lead at Ellen Road, but Christensen's volley becomes deflected and goes in past Nick Pope. The leveler. Furpo got a second yellow and a sending off, but Newcastle couldn't uh, do anything with the man advantage very late in the match. So 2-2 leads rescue a point. Villa Tottenham. Villa win it 2-0. Ramsey, nice goal on a cutback ball to him in the box. And then Douglas Luiz, free kick. Brilliant free kick. Harry Kane uh, got a penalty back for Tottenham, but it was too little too late. They could not equalize. Chelsea Forest, 2-2. This one finishes up. Wani, uh header. Uh, Mendy came for it, didn't claim it. Sterling got a goal on a cutback ball, and then uh, he gave Chelsea the lead to one on a very nice finish where he sent who was at Lodi flying. I think he cut it back on his um, right foot and scored past Navas. And then Awoni a second for his brace. So Sterling two. For Chelsea, Awoni, two for Forrest, and the points split one apiece, a crucial one for Forrest. Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, I'm telling you, Eze is a player, guys. I, I said it the first time I really saw him play as the number 10 for Crystal Palace. I said, this guy is smooth. He's silky. He has the confidence to carry the ball in this league, to dribble it at defenders, to take guys on. You don't really see that a ton. In this league, there's not a lot of brave players. They just kind of want to play the system, uh, get their minutes, collect their big check, and just kind of go about it. But as a first one, nice touch by uh, IU to put it in his path. Brilliant. And then the second one is Golasso. Great, great goal. Uh, great goal. Man U beat Wolves 2-0. Martial, a cutback ball from Anthony in the first half, got them their first goal. And then the insurance came from Garnacho off the bench in stoppage time. Southampton-Fulham. Southampton will go down. Fulham win it 2-0. It clinches that Southampton have been relegated from the Premier League to the championship. Vinicius, Johnny on the spot for Fulham on their first. And then Mitrovic back from suspension, back in the team, back on the score sheet for the captain. Mitrovic, a diving header, brilliant goal. Southampton relegated to the championship. Brentford, West Ham, London Derby. Brentford went at 2-0. And Buemo and Wissa, the goal scorers for Brentford. Everton, Man City. Man City went at 3-0. Gunawan, a kind of back-to-goal like flick on from him for the first. Then he provides the assist for Holland's header. And then a free kick Golasso for Gunawan's brace in City's third past Pickford. Arsenal beaten by Brighton 3-0 and CISO a goal on the doorstep and Dov uh, a nice goal as well after a turnover 
And then Espanyol in stoppage time with Arsenal really pressing for a goal or something in the match. Uh, ball falls to him in the box, and Espanyol, the Ecuadorian, scores for Brighton. So a nice answer for Brighton after a poor performance in the midweek last week. Leicester City, Liverpool at the King Power. Liverpool win at 3-0. They continue their win streak on the bounce. It's seven in a row now for Jurgen Klopp's Reds. Curtis Jones at the back post for the first. Then a uh, ball played into Curtis Jones in the area. He turns and scores for his second and a brace. And then in the second half, free kick for Liverpool. Salah back heel into Trent Alexander-Arnold's path. And Alexander-Arnold rockets it past Everson. No chance for the Leicester City goalie. Klopp, after the match, said that uh, they should have scored on that routine a couple times already, and somebody on their own team did the defending on one of the chances, and it was the captain, Jordan Henderson. He said, look it up on YouTube if you don't know what I'm talking about. So uh, Klopp threw Hendo a little bit on the bus. Now, Liverpool have played one more game than Newcastle and Man U, but they sit one point behind both. Newcastle and Man United on 66 points have played uh, 35. Liverpool have now played 36 with one point behind them having 65 points. So if either team drop points, Liverpool are there to pick it up and have an opportunity to get into the top four. And unfortunately, it just seems like they might run out of games. Um, and if a couple results had gone their way, like if Jordan Henderson gets out of the way of Trent Alexander-Arnold's free kick in a nil-nil game at Selhurst Park, maybe that isn't a nil-nil game at Selhurst Park. Maybe that's a 1-0 Liverpool win, and they're actually ahead on points at this point. But unfortunately, they can joke about it, and hopefully they uh, people draw some points and it makes it a little interesting till Championship Sunday. All right, La Liga. Real Madrid, Getafe. Real Madrid win it 1-0 as an Asensio goal. For their three points. Elche Atletico. Elche beat Atletico 1-0. Espanol Barcelona. Barcelona went 4-2. Lewandowski Brace. Balde and Koundé. The goal scorers. And with the win. Barca clinched La Liga. Their first since the 2018-2019 season. Um, and it's what happens when you celebrate at a rival's place. In Espanol. The fans invaded the pitch. And it got a little scary. Some scary scenes for Barcelona there. As they were celebrating. And doing the hands around. And doing the dance and stuff. And the Campeones song. And all that stuff. Got a little scary and dangerous there, which is unfortunate, but hopefully everybody turned out to be all right. Congratulations to Barcelona winning La Liga. So La Liga is decided. Serie A has been decided with Napoli, and we pretty much know Man City will clinch the Premier League as well. Serie A, Lazio Lecce tied 2-2. Salentino Calcio Atalanta. Salentino Calcio wins it 1-0. Spezia Calcio beats AC Milan to chop and change. AC Milan for Pioli uh, 2-0. Inter Sassuolo, Inter went at 2-0. Lukaku, Brace, Martinez also on the score sheet. Monza beat a Napoli side that is cruising till the summer because they are champions of the Scudetto. Jose Mourinho's Roma draws 0-0 at Bologna. And Juve beat Cremonese 2-0. Bundesliga is an exciting race. Uh, probably the, the only exciting race left. Uh, Union Berlin beats Freiburg 4-2. They should get Champions League football. Uh, Bayern Munich beat Shackle 6-0. Muller, Kimmich from the spot. Gnabry, Brace, Marcus Tell, and Maserati, the goal scorers from Munich. Dortmund answer with five of their own. Malin, a goal. Bellingham, a pen. Haller, a brace. And Reina, a goal off the bench. Giorena, the American. So, two matches to go. Munich up one point on Dortmund. Rebel Leipzig 
beat Bremen 2-1. An 87th minute equalizer for Rebel Leipzig and a 90 plus 6 stoppage time winner for Rebel Leipzig. Ligun, PSG, Ajaccio. I have no idea how to say that. PSG 5-0. Fabian Rees, Hakimi, Mbappe had a brace and then they had a, a couple, another goal scorer, but Hakimi got a straight red card. So, that was pretty interesting. But. NFL headlines. The Vikings are trading Zedarius Smith, a sixth-round pick and a seventh-round pick of next year's draft for the Browns for next year's fifth-round pick and the following season's fifth-round pick. So, Vikings get rid of uh, getting rid of an edge rusher. Browns adding an edge rusher, a guy that is a rotational guy now. He's not a starter. He's not going to play a bunch of your snaps, but he gives you a good uh, option to possibly sack in a quarterback in a big spot. So the Browns have bolstered their pass rush. The Vikings cut some cap and get a couple of mid-round draft picks after they give up a couple late draft picks. So that's the story of that trade. Seahawks are uncertain when Jamal Adams will be back. So that could be a big miss for a Seattle team that surprised a lot of people, including myself. I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Um, and all they did was get into the playoffs. So give them a bunch of credit. Give them a bunch of credit. Um, they want Brees Hall to be back for the Jets by week one after the injury. I think that's a little optimistic, but it's possible. It's possible. Uh, change the NFL schedule. This is a Schefter tweet. NFL will have a Black Friday game, which will be Dolphins-Jets at JetLife. has to be an afternoon kickoff because any NFL game before December played on Friday or Saturday can't go up on night against high school football and college football. So NFL really done with that game. And then games necessarily don't belong to networks anymore. Um, all games are free agents except for the primetime ones, I would presume, on the days that like Thursday, I just got schedule. Um, teams can be on Thursday Night Football twice. And not all teams are guaranteed to have a primetime spot, which is good. That's a good thing. Not every team should have a primetime spot because we do get a lot of bad games that are on primetime and not 1 o'clock on the red zone when they don't cut to it at all, you know, which is a good time for a bad game, you know, when there are several other games going on. All right, update on the playoffs here. Stanley Cup playoffs in the East. Florida, Toronto, Leafs win game four to save off elimination, but the Panthers win game five in overtime to silence Toronto and move on. Devils, Hurricanes, Hurricanes win game five in overtime to knock out the Devils. So it'll be Florida and Carolina in the Eastern Conference semifinals out West. Kraken win game six, force a game seven in Dallas, which the Dallas Stars have a one goal lead heading into the third period. And Edmonton, Vegas, the other series in the West, Oilers win game four to even the series. Knights win game five to put the Oilers on the brink of elimination back in Edmonton for game six, which the Knights win and move on. Vegas awaits the game seven winner from Seattle and Dallas. NBA playoffs in the East. Heat Knicks. Knicks win game five to send the series back to Miami, but the Heat eliminate the Knicks in game six in Miami. So the Heat move on. The eight seed will be in the conference finals. And who will they play? Well, C-Sixers. Celtics win game six in Philly. Force that game seven. Back home in Boston, Tatum goes nuts and it gets 51 points. Celtics blow out the Sixers in that one. So it'll be Heat, Celtics, five out of the last seven back-to-back. -back. And back-to-back -back Eastern Conference Finals for the Celtics. West, Lakers, Warriors. Warriors win game five to force a game six in L.A. that the Lakers end up winning. So the Lakers eliminate the Warriors. LeBron James onto another conference final where he will take on 
the Nuggets, who knock out the Suns in that series. So we got a rematch of the bubble semis. Heat Celtics in the East, Lakers Nuggets in the West. Again, for the Celtics, five of the last seven. And back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals for the Seas. And they've had a bunch of different coaches in that stretch, which is pretty amazing. So that's the playoff update real quick with golf, PGA Tour. Jason Day wins to Byron Nelson. 1,835 days since his last win. It's 105 starts since his last win. It's his 13th win overall. And he gets a win the week before a PGA Championship, which, as you know, is his only major championship, that PGA Championship, which is next, which will be a gigantic preview on Thursday's show of the 105th, I believe, PGA Championship at Oak Hill. That'll be a gigantic preview on Thursday's show, so look forward to that. So we will recap Champions League second leg semifinals on Thursday's show. We'll look ahead to the PGA Championship and have another full preview of weekend footy so look forward to that on thursday show again happy mother's day to everybody that celebrated it all my mom's out there great stuff and uh i will talk to you on thursday enjoy the champions league oh baby talk to you then peace That's the name of it? Guys, check out his podcast. That sounds like my kind of podcast. Football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.